This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website, www.anchorchurch.com.au. Father, we thank you that you're a good God. We thank you that you are the God who has been at work in our lives and in our church and in our city. Uh, For the last 12 months, we praise you, God, for everything that you've done. And we pray now as we look at your word, we pray that you would open our eyes to see beautiful things. Help us to see the God who has been at work since the very beginning, before the foundations of this earth. God, you're at work and your works are marvelous. Every single one of them is glorious. So, Father, help us to stir praise in our hearts this morning in response to who you are and what you have done. We praise you and worship you, and we pray this in Jesus' strong name and all of God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. So, Psalm 111, if you want to go there with me this morning, this is God's word. This is the Psalm, uh, a Psalm of David, and this is what it says Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. In the community of the upright and in the congregation, great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him and remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts, his words, his laws are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He's commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. You know, there's, um, there's a whole world uh, uh, that I, I don't really understand out there. It's the, um, the, the art world, the classical art world that wants to dig in and critique and understand art, go to art galleries and stand in front of a painting and observe it. And I mean, to the point that if you delight in this, Um, artistic stuff so much, you can go to university and you can study a degree in classical art and have all of these really smart things to say about it and deconstruct the art and you can go to um, forums to discuss the art and and people in our culture are passionate about things like um, da Vinci and Michelangelo and Monet and Rembrandt and all these classical, classical artists who have literally changed the world when it comes to art. And when people delight in this art, they lean into it, they study it, they observe it, they learn about it, they research it. And what God says this morning in His Word, in, in verse 2 there, He says that those who delight in His works study them. Have a look at what He says. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Those who delight in what God has done will lean into that, will study it, will research it. Some have said that this is the research scientist's favorite Bible verse because they, they love to study God's creative work, to study how God has fashioned this world. He spoke this universe into existence And the scientists love to study that and research that. But we do that in all sorts of ways, not just scientifically. We do that as we enjoy 
the creative works of God. We do that as we enjoy his redemptive work, his work in calling for himself a people. And you look at this psalmist here and look at what he says of the works of the Lord. He says in verse 2 that they are great, great are the works of the Lord, full of splendor, full of majesty, wondrous works in verse 4. Everything that God does is amazing. Everything that God does is incredible. Everything that God does brings him glory. And as the psalmist pens this psalm, he's got in the back of his mind a number of events spanning from God saving his people from slavery under the hand of Pharaoh all the way to God rescuing his people, getting them through the wilderness and then sending them into the promised land under Joshua's leadership. And the psalmist begins to cast back his mind to all these things. It says there in verse 4 that the Lord has caused his works to be remembered. They're remembered as as authors wrote them down. They're remembered in the memories of his people as they're told and passed on from generation to generation. And they're remembered nonetheless in their praise and worship because this psalm is a song that the people of God would have sung together. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart, with everything that I've got in the congregation, in the gathering of God's people. He causes his works to be remembered. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to remember what God has done. This poem is what is called an acrostic poem. You know, the, the, you, know you, you write a word and, and it spells things out. Well, the, the psalmist has done this with the Hebrew alphabet. He's taken all of the words from A to Z in the Hebrew alphabet and he starts for the first line of each stanza with one of those words. This is a poetic expression of remembering what God has done, of remembering his works, of leaning in and studying what God has done. And he casts his mind back. He says, remember the Exodus. Remember the time where my people were enslaved under Pharaoh's hand. Remember all of the things that I did. Remember how I crushed Pharaoh. I sent 10 plagues of judgment against him and I rescued my people, called my people out and then I parted the Red Sea and my people walked over on dry land. And as Pharaoh came to pursue and murder, I closed the Red Sea over and crushed him and rescued you and saved you from his hand. That is God's redemptive work in rescuing his people. He says, remember what I did as my people wandered through the wilderness and they had no food and they had no water. I provided for them. He says, blessed are those who, whom the Lord has fed, the hungry whom the Lord has fed. That's a, 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 a memory, a study of what God did in providing manna, magical bread from heaven, of providing quail, of providing water from the rock. God has provided for his people. He, he provided a tent with which they could meet him. He guided them with a pillar of cloud and a pillar of smoke at night as he led them through the wilderness. Psalm is saying, remember what God did. Remember how he led you through the wilderness. You had nothing you fled from Pharaoh and God cared for you and led you through. He says, remember the conquest of Joshua. Remember as you stood just outside the promised land in fear of what the people on the other side might do. And I was with you and I said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. And then I went over and, and you guys walked around the walls of Jericho seven times blowing trumpets and the city fell and I saved you and I gave you the nations as your inheritance. Remember, 
The psalmist is calling people to study what God has done, to lean into what God has done, to remember what God has done. And the response, he tells us the response he wants. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for what he has done. Everything that God has done is glorious. But it's more than that, isn't it? For us as we stand this side of the cross of Jesus, remember what Jesus has done. Remember Jesus who... who calmed a storm with but a word, be still, and the waves obeyed and lay flat and the wind was hushed. Remember Jesus who walked on the water without sinking. Remember Jesus who cleansed the lepers and made the lame walk and opened the eyes of the blind and healed the sick and raised the dead. Remember Jesus who was crucified who was stripped naked and hung on the cross to die only to rise again three days later and conquer death and give us the victory for those who would have faith in Jesus. Remember what God has done. Everything that God has done is glorious, worthy of praise. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to remember, we're going to study, we're going to lean in. Yesterday I went to Kmart to, um, to buy a kaleidoscope because I wanted a prop on stage. And this morning we lost the kaleidoscope and my wife spent all morning trying to find it. She found it in the car only to have Piper leave it at home after that. So I, w- I was really hoping to use this kaleidoscope this morning, but it's not going to work. But what we do have for you this morning is uh, a window into the evidences of God's grace. You know, a kaleidoscope is simply uh, a tube with a number of mirrors that all face each other and some objects at the end of it that as you turn it, it creates a myriad of colours. And I was doing some research on the kaleidoscope and apparently no pattern is ever the same. You'll never see the same pattern twice because of the, the way that the objects move and work, because of the way that the light is reflected in. Additionally, there is so much more that happens outside of the scope of the little viewing window that you look through. There is so much more that's happening that the eye cannot see. As you turn the kaleidoscope, you see a different color, a new spectrum of colors. You see different shapes. And I think this is a fitting image for what it looks like to remember and to study the works of the Lord, to look back on our year and to see all of the evidences of God's grace. And so what I'm going to do this morning is share 11 stories with you, 11 ways that God has been at work in our our lives, in our church. And it's only what we see through the window. There's far much more than what God has done than these 11 stories this morning. But each one is different. Each one is a personal story about how God has been at work in people's lives, transforming them, making them more like Jesus. And so I want to share this morning with you a number of highlights from this year. And the first comes from our manifesto series. Anyone remember the series Sermon on the Mount? For some of you, that was the most profound series that we've ever had. Many of you were really ministered to during that series. And I asked one particular person for their reflections, and this is what they said. Brad Koneman's sermon on anger really stood out for me. During the latter half of 2017, I had a number of things out of my control happen and really affect my mental health my attitude towards others, and left me questioning my faith. Brad's sermon cut deep into the anger that I had built up inside of me. I remember sitting in the sermon and I felt as if Brad was speaking directly at me and where I was. After the sermon, I continued to wrestle with the words that Brad had preached and is when God intervened with a little sense of humor. 
I was asked with very little notice to lead that week's GC discussion on the sermon. Delving deep into preparing the study and then opening up with my GC first set a really raw, vulnerable, but loving tone in that GC. And second, through the sermon and the GC discussion, saw God really open me up, shine light and work in the places of my life that had darkness in them. What an amazing story. That's just one little window, one little evidence of God's grace as we turn the kaleidoscope and manifesto series. The second story comes from Getaway. Now, not only was the, the dance so much fun and uh, good work for getting into that, I realised, you know, on Sunday, everyone can be a bit too cool. Just as a side note, I think we're too cool as a church. Is that all right to say that? <laughs> we're just too cool. We're too self-conscious. We care too much about what others think. Um, I don't know. We just need to loosen up a bit. But anyway, side point. Getaway. Getaway was amazing. Getaway is a really significant moment for us because it allows people who are new to our church to get plugged into community over a weekend. And so uh, a few people were brand new as we head on to Getaway this year, and that was Gabby and Dan. And I asked Gabby and Dan if they could share with me their reflections from Getaway. And this is what they said. Gabby said, I think community building was one of the most helpful parts of the weekend away. Being new to church can be a pretty daunting experience, but the weekend away was central to me feeling a sense of belonging here. And Dad said, being, Dan said, being the newest members to church and GC, these things can be daunting. And we found that everyone was so warm and welcoming that it was an easy transition into church life. And so all of you who are on Getaway get to be a part of that story because you said hi. You made people feel welcomed. We lived as a community for a weekend away together and embodied a big part of who we are, a family of missionaries. And so that's another moment of evidences of God's grace. As we turn the kaleidoscope, we see what God has been doing in welcoming people into our community on Getaway. The third highlight is probably more of a personal one for me. But this year, I had the opportunity to preach at Kick. And that meant that you guys, Anchor, needed to free me up for three weeks to be up the Blue Mountains preaching. And our team stood in and preached a number of, uh, number of weeks either side of that conference. And I was able to go up there and preach at a conference that I'd personally been as a teenager and impacted by. And we saw over three weekends, God work in really powerful ways. Some of the, stat, some of the stats from that weekend were there were 129 Teenagers who gave their life to Jesus for the very first time at that conference. 129 people who came to faith. There was an additional 487 teenagers who at a crucial decision-making point in their life made a recommitment to follow Jesus with everything that they've got. So all up, 616 teenagers' lives radically changed as the good news was proclaimed. And you guys got to be a part of that because you were praying and you guys freed me up to do that. So I want to say thank you because it was a personal highlight in the year for me. But I, I want to share a story from a girl who messaged me on Facebook uh, after kick, as, a, as one little window, one little example of the kaleidoscope turning, this is how God worked in her life. She said, hey, Matt, I can't tell you how grateful I am for your sessions at kick, particularly on the Saturday night. I was moved to tears. As someone who has been suffering from severe depression and mental illness for the past five years, it's easy to lose sight of God and the journey that he has for us. It is so easy to let the devil in to devour us. And I've almost lost that battle to him many times. But thank you for showing me that I have a purpose and identity in God 
and that God has already paid for my mistakes and I, ha- I, now, I now have freedom to live for God. And that's from Elise, a teenager who was impacted. Or there's another one from Eleanor. She said, both of your talks were encouraging and clear and I left Saturday night recommitting my life to God. This past year has been a struggle for me after losing a close friend to suicide. And your talks have directed me back onto the path with God. I thank you for helping me realize that he is such a good and gracious God and that he is still in control. What a wonderful evidence of God's grace as he is impacting. That's just two stories of the 616 and countless others whose lives are radically impacted as the good news of Jesus was proclaimed. So that's another little turn of the kaleidoscope. That was kick. The fourth one was youth ministry. This year, we pioneered and launched a new youth ministry at our church. As I mentioned earlier, Lockie and Miriam have been hosting a youth ministry in their house. And we've seen the process of disciples making disciples who will hopefully go on to make other disciples as they've sat around together opening up the Word of God. This year, the youth walked through God's Big Picture, a book that helps you understand the picture from Genesis to Revelation of what God has been doing. And we had... Uh, four, four kids in our youth ministry. Uh, the Latu kids, are, they, are the Latus here this morning? Are the, the Latu kids, they're not here. But that was, that was the entirety of our youth ministry this year, and we believe bigger and better things for next year, along with Tim and Gabby, who have been a part of leading that. Such a significant step for us. We've seen God work in their lives. Lucky was telling me that um, they loved sitting around and hearing stories of how the Latu kids have been bold in sharing their faith at school. Such a significant, significant thing for a teenager to do. Not pretend to be a Christian on Sundays and pretend to be someone else the rest of the week, but be bold and be who you are and share your faith at school. So another evidence of God's grace is we turn the kaleidoscope and see what God has been doing in youth ministry. The next, uh, the next turn of the kaleidoscope is our Wayward series. Our Wayward series was a short mini-series this year that really reflected our heart to see those who have walked away from church, the wayward, the prodigal, the lost, the, the wanderer, to be drawn back into God's community of grace. And I'll share a brief story with you of a guy called Sam, who didn't actually turn up during Wayward, but he turned up uh, a few weeks afterwards. Sam works in a pub. And um, he's familiar with the stench of beer and cigarettes, which is often the smell of this room as you walk in. He was really nervous about coming back to church for a very long time out of church. And he walked in and this familiar smell of stale beer and cigarettes greeted him. And he felt at home because that's been his world. And he says that um, as he sat under the message that week, he said, The message on that day was so strong and moving, it really encouraged me to improve my relationship with God and my journey. I'm continually struggling, and it wasn't easy starting off, but the message on that day about loving God convicted me to build a relationship to, and love God. One thing I always remember when things get dark, that God is my mate, who I can talk with and share with, and not someone or something that I have obligations to, or use only when is convenient. That's a really significant step. I don't know if Sam is here this morning. I think he had his Christmas party last night. But if Sam's in the room, God, we thank God for his work in your life. That's just one little window and evidence of God's grace as we turn the kaleidoscope and see what God has been, has been doing. Another highlight this year was we had a dedication service earlier this year because we had a, we've had a massive baby boom over the last couple of uh, 12 months or so, and I think we dedicated like a thousand Rubens that morning um, and a bunch of other kids. But w- how wonderful it is because every child, every, 
Every conception, every birth is a gift from God. And honestly, there were some miracles in there. There there have been some miracles in our church of families who have been able to fall pregnant when they hadn't been able to do that for quite some time. And so we celebrate what God has been doing in people's lives. And we celebrate parents who want to raise their kids up to love Jesus and to serve Him. That's another turn of the kaleidoscope wheel. Another one was team night. As we prepared to launch a second service, we gathered together for team night under the banner of, can you believe we get to do this? Just a a whole perspective shifting ideal on what it looks like to serve God. Not out of duty, not out of obligation, not because we have to, but because we get to, because this is one of the best things that we can do. Serve his church, serve the city, serve people and lift up the name of Jesus. So team night was an amazing night and that led us into our Make Room campaign as we led towards launching two new services, a 9 and a 10.45. We asked all of you to take a massive step of faith and step out and serve on on, on two services, on whatever team you're serving on across 9 and 10.45, and we have made room. And so there have been people who have joined this church since September who would have otherwise walked into the back of this auditorium, seen a very full room just like it is today, and think there's no room for me at this church. There's no space here. I can't find a seat. Or they do the awkward walk of shame all the way to the front as a new person, have to sit in the front row because our people don't want to sit in the front row. There's a bit of a theme coming. Um, But thank you. That's an evidence of God's grace. Our church has been willing to take a step of faith to not sit comfortably in one service, to stretch ourselves, to multiply our services and to create more room, to make room for people. That's an evidence of God's grace. That's another turn of the kaleidoscope. Or earlier this year in October, we appointed elders for the first time been the the only elder of this church up until October, and then we were able to lay hands on and appoint both Brad Koneman and Seti Latu as elders, and these godly, godly men and brothers who have stepped into these positions of leadership will serve to shepherd this church, to guide this church, to lead this church, to hold this church accountable to the Scriptures. That's another wonderful evidence of God's grace that He has provided such godly, faithful, Jesus-loving, God-fearing men to lead us. Or what about our mission and church planting? Earlier this year, sorry, just a few months ago, we were able to send Scott, Ruth and Izzy Buchanan to the Philippines and partner in cross-cultural global mission. What a wonderful highlight and evidence of God's grace. We've been planning and preparing for this for so long. And the final um, is really a whole bunch of stories that will come out of our gospel communities that I don't really have time to tell. But our GCs are such a highlight here at Anchor. We have seen... So many people ministered to, loved, meals put on tables, people cared for, generosity. We've seen people welcomed in. We've heard countless mission moments of people who have been seeking to love, serve, bless and minister to those around them. And we've seen how God has been so clearly at work in the life of our community through our gospel communities. And so we're super thankful for everyone who's played a part this year in what God has been doing in our church. God is at work. God has been at work since the very beginning. From the moment he spoke creation into existence until right now, God has been at work in changing lives because that is what he does. He's the God who is in the business of saving, of redeeming, of reconciling, and of calling for himself a people who would worship him. And so what we're going to do in a moment, I'm going to invite Rowan back up in a second, and we're going to share what God has been doing. We're going to celebrate that in a a moment of open mic. But right now I'm going to pray for us and give thanks 
to God for the kaleidoscope of grace that we have seen this year as he's been at work. So please join me as I pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're good. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you have done abundantly more than we could ever have asked or imagined this year. We praise you for your grace. We praise you for your mercy. We praise you for the countless ways that you've been working our church. And we give you all the praise, glory, and honor that you deserve for every single thing that has happened because everything that you do is glorious. God, we thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. All right, so now we're going to have a time uh, where if you uh, feel like you have something that you'd like to share that you're thankful for this year, um, uh, you're more than welcome to come up to the front. Um, and I'm just going to sit here so I seem more relatable um, <laughs> and a little bit more chilled. Um, and uh, if you want to come up and share, um, you're more than welcome to. Keep it to a tight 30 seconds. <laughs> Does anyone have anything? Oh, Brad. Hey. So I want to... I know we already said thanks to Danny and Nat, but... Danny and Nat have led RGC for this year. They've been part of RGC for the previous two years when um, uh, we had um, Jeff leading. But every week for the last three, three and a half years, they've opened up the house to us. We have seen 30, 40 people come through Kensington GC and Randwick GC before that. And I'm super excited about where they're going to in Singapore, but they're going to be a great loss to us. And so they have contributed so much to this church, to Kenzo GC in my life. And I just wanted to really shout them out for that. Thank you. That was awesome. Um, thank you to Danny and Nat for everything that you guys have done at Anchor this year. Um, does anyone else have anything they'd like to share? Oh, awesome. Hey, guys. Um, my name's Bill. Um, I've been coming for most of this year. And the reason I came, actually, is um, I have a non-Christian friend who I um, went through school with. Um, and now we've, we're both from Tamworth, and we've moved, moved to Sydney. We're at a college um, at Macquarie Uni. And anyway, he grew up in a Catholic church, um, and he's always kind of... We've, we've always been good mates, but never... He's always never really understood grace um, and the works and grace aspect that Catholic Church um, can often lead on. And I think this year, I wanted to coming to the college, I wanted to re be, really be intentional with him, um, especially in the um, pressures that come along with that. And, and essentially, I asked him to come to church and the church on campus he didn't really want to go to, so I asked him to come to Anchor. Um, much more outreach-focused and much more missional-focused. Um, and I brought him at the start of this year, and almost every week he's been coming back. And we've been able to um, open up the scriptures together, um, especially the Follow Me series, where we actually had verses to work through. Um, and week by week, you've just seen God working in his heart and um, working in his life. And it's been so encouraging to see him understanding grace, understanding that it's not by how good a bloke he is or how much he, like, how he lives his life, but rather what, what Christ has done for him. So I'd like to thank you all for supporting him in that and being so welcoming for him to actually come along. So thanks, guys. So good. How good. Thanks, Bill. Bass. 
Thanks, mate. Uh, I just want to honour the, the staff team that's here. Um, you know, I think there's so much that goes on uh, behind the scenes and what they do, and I just want to do a big shout-out to them uh, for all the, the prayer that they, they uh, empower us with and the, the support, the countless hours in sermon prep and just leading us well and caring for our souls. So I just want to honour the staff team. Um, yeah. And thankful for them. So good. Oh, yes. James, please come. Uh, we got heaps to be thankful for. One of the things my wife just said before, that would be worth mentioning, is this a big call out to those who have looked after our kids uh, over the year. Just want to give you a quick insight into what that does for Jules and I. Uh, we're really busy. We both work uh, almost full-time jobs. We're two amazing kids. We love Jesus to bits. I loved him for uh, over a decade. But in us connecting together with Jesus, it's really hard during the week. Uh, what the kids' ministry allows Jules and I to do is every Sunday to worship God together. You might see us, we walk over and do communion together and we pray together. That might be the only time in the week in which we actually get to connect with Jesus together. A little bit our bad. We should do more. We know that, right? But we're all fallen. But for us, I just want to say a quick, quick call out to the guys who look, look after our kids because that frees us up to do that as parents. And so we're super thankful for that team uh, and super thankful for a church that really, really loves uh, mums and dads on that and, and, and the kids for our church as well. So thanks. Does anyone else have anything that they're super thankful for? Yes, awesome. Hello. Um, just on the back of that, I want to say thank you to everyone that cooked meals for people that had babies, including me. Such a blessing, hey, to not cook dinner for three weeks. Such an answer to prayer. Um, so anyone that cooked a meal for a mum and a, a family, thank you so much. Last chance. Oh, Sarah, in with clutch. I'm Sarah. Um, I'm really thankful that Anchor is a church that you can so easily invite friends to and family who aren't believers. Um, a big thing this year for me was um, my dad, who had been really burnt by a church 30 years ago and said he'd never set foot in a church again, um, early this year came to church twice. Um, and it came from the Wayward series, which was so good and he came back and he heard about the love of God and he's still on his journey, but that was just such a positive thing and just like an amazing miracle. I'm probably told half the people in this room about it, but <laughs> I'm just like super thankful for it. And yeah, that Anchor is such an awesome church to invite unbelievers to and knowing that they're always going to hear the gospel. So yeah. So good, Sarah. All right, we're going to sing um, in praise to our wonderful God. Um, so I would please invite you guys to stand up, and we're going to be singing this song. Thank you, band.